Thank you for tuning in on today's Locked on Bulls. Today we'll be covering the Bulls' reported interest in Rudy Gobert and Mitchell Robinson. We'll also be doing a draft profile on Tari Eason and finishing the show talking about the NBA Finals. We'll get into all that and more on today's Locked on Bulls. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use the code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls Central, and we're going to jump right into it today. Pat came out today. Yeah, and it, kind of. one of the things, too. You already know off what I was going to say. Content. Yeah, <laughs> content. The Bulls are interested in Rudy Gobert and Mitchell Robinson, but the way that the Kevin O'Connor even worded it, the way that I, I regurgitated it, I think, yeah, in your Discord was just Kevin O'Connor basically said, I heard from a guy who heard from a guy yeah. that the Bulls are interested in yeah. Rudy Gobert and Mitchell Robinson. Awesome. But the interest here does make sense, so it is something to cover because, as we know, rim protection, offensive rebounding, rebounding in general, defense down low are all things that the Bulls look to hopefully address in some way this offseason. So what do you what do you think about about the rumored interest in Rudy Gobert and Mitchell Robinson? I, I like when me and you have differing opinions on something because we're very logical. And so most of the times we're kind of just like, no, this is just the intelligent thing. This isn't a debate show. So it's fun. When we have differing opinions because <laughs> you did a great job on your video. Um, but I do disagree with some of the things you said. I, I, I agree with you on the defense. Of course, you know, he comes with the rebounding. Of course, you know that he comes with, uh, uh, um, shot blocking. you know, shot blocking. Yeah. But the part for me that I feel like no one is looking at with Rudy Gobert and right now, right? If you look at it, yes, 110%, a, a player that is 16 and 13 is probably not worth 200 million, even with four blocks attached to him. But I, I've gotten into looking at the game by games and, and looking through how people are utilizing the player. And when I went back and watched the Utah Jazz, the disrespect on Rudy's name is baffling to me because it's literally not Rudy Gobert being bad offensively. They just don't use them. <laughs> I, I've said, I asked the question on the show today, is mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell a winning player? Because no, 19 times <laughs> this season, 19 times, mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert took over 10 shots per game. And yeah, every time he took 10 shots, this is the whole season, playoffs included. And every mm -hmm. time he took 10 shots a game, he scored 19 or more points. In some game, Rudy Gobert has a 29 and 21 game on the season when he took 14 shots. They do not use him. And so I look at Rudy Gobert as a guy that if you would utilize him offensively and in the playoffs, I want us to really go back and watch him play. It was disrespectful. Jalen Brunson is guarding Rudy Gobert under the bucket. Donovan Mitchell looks at him, double team coming, and goes for the layup. 
it 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 how how they try to get him involved, and that's why I can't say a hundred percent is on Donovan Mitchell, hundred percent on Rudy Gobert on how they how they lost because Quinn Snyder's got to say something. And if the beef is that serious, you need to sit somebody down because if a guy takes ten shots and can put up that many points, you need to be getting him at a minimum ten shots a night. And I think all of us would agree if you're looking at a guy that can give you nineteen and fifteen with three, four blocks a game, now all of a sudden you don't mind looking at a guy and being like, 40 million, yeah, but he's a little more worth it now. Well, see, that that goes back to, I think, where our fundamental kind of disagreements on players like this stems from. is yeah. because I look at it as a player with limited offensive versatility as a Rudy Gobert, I can see why you don't go to him a bunch of times. Regardless of what he can do getting it, it makes the offense stagnate. It's very predictable offense as well. One of the things that I did see in mind is that, you know, regardless of how often they, they, they absolutely did not go to him at times where he had smaller players on him. And if it was, if that was me, I would be yelling at you like completely. <laughs> Like seriously, it completely. Like you, you should have been got, cussing somebody. I got a midget on me, and you're not going to me, and, and, and I got a seven-seven wingspan. What's, what this don't make any sense? Yeah. Um. But with that being said, is that, and I and I always frame this in the framework of on this team, right? On the Bulls, going to Rudy Gobert that much with his limited range, with Demar Derozan, who also has limited range and operates completely in the mid range, it makes me concerned on. What that not fit because we had a whole conversation about fit, but how 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 clogged up and how easy the Bulls are to defend at that point, right? If you have long, lengthy defenders out there and you got two players that you know aren't going to go out past one past five feet and another one going to stay in the mid range, it makes your team a lot easier to defend and it makes that it shrinks that defense then. And then even when we are getting three point shooting, I wonder what that does at that point. And Rudy Gobert, not the best passer at all. Um, and those are my two things. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not one of those players who are people who say Rudy Gobert is horrible offensively. I didn't, I made sure not to word it in, in that way in my video because he's not horrible offensively. Yeah. He's just by the way that the nature in which he has to get his offense, does it change so much that, that's why we're seeing them not go to him at times. I think I think it's a completely different situation. I do agree with you that they're probably not going to him because in a modern offense, right, like you, you're probably not looking at Rudy Gobert in a modern offense and saying that's what works. But when you actually think about it, right, you, Rudy Gobert is a guy that gets four offensive boards a game. He's putting that right back up. There's very it, – it, it would be a rare situation where he's just like, yeah, I got nothing down here and I'm kicking it out. He's 7-1 with a 7-7 wingspan. He's at the bucket as soon as he grabs the board. So you're talking about possibly three to four offensive putbacks. That means he only has to take – you only have to get him the ball seven times. That's just pick and roll with Lonzo. I'm not saying that he has to be the focal point of your offense. And I think when you bring a DeMar DeRozan into it, right, what was the thing that we saw with DeMar? DeMar's going to take those shots no matter what. I would rather have a guy that I can guarantee down there is going to get the rebound. And in with Vooch, you still kind of have that, but Vooch just didn't have the help down there. I think mm -hmm. the difference, even with the defense uh, 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 on the Bulls, right, like, <laughs> let's be real, we all know, the defensive scheme is, hey, Rudy, that's your man coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> as, as anybody blows past anybody like hey, you know what that just reminded me of <laughs> well, booze are screaming at, screaming to get the rebound that joke him that's how they do rudy hey hey rudy grab that bro like legitimately anytime somebody gets past like there's no defenders on utah the next best defender is mike conley and he don't play mm. half the season so i i i i 
wonder what Rudy Gobert really would be in a system that does involve movement. It's not like he is, I've seen you say Kofi. It's not like he is a Kofi <laughs> Coburn where, um, you know, Rudy can't move. Rudy's very mobile for a big guy. He, he can get around. He's, he's a very athletic big guy. He can go up on you. And so I think that that's kind of where I look at Rudy Gobert as, yeah, what he is right now, I would look at that and I would say there's no way I could pay $40 million for that. But if I'm adding seven shots a game, which is literally pick and roll or more putbacks because Zach and DeMar are shooting, mm-hmm. I could see him being a 20 and 15 guy. Is that worth 200 mil with the defense? Is that worth 40 plus mil? With and, he, the and, he, and here's my, my response to that. And the only reason I say no is because, yeah. again, like I kind of said on my video too, is because you have a player that you can pay a fourth of that and get 75 to 80% of that from in Mitchell Robinson, who's the other player reported. Now, that's that's another, like, if all things were even, let's say both players were a free agent and it was like, who are you going to go after? I'm going after Rudy every time. Yeah. But considering the contract, the contract that Rudy's already on and considering Mitchell Robinson, a player who's gotten less than mid-range money so far in his career, who gives you, again, not the exact shot blocking. He's almost at two per, uh, he averages two per game per his, per, over his career so far. Yeah. Not nearly the score, even in a pick and roll, even in on a pit back. But the key things that the Bulls do need, offensive rebounding, shot blocking, and Rudy's a little bit better of a passer by the percentages, but not enough to really make a difference in that point. Let me be clear. Mitchell yeah. Robinson is also a terrible passer. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that being said, that's that's a big part of the reason why I would say no to Rudy. Now, if all things are even and both players want to come to the Chicago Bulls because you can offer Mitchell Robinson your full mid-level exception at almost $11 million yeah. and have, keep your assets in Kobe, keep your 18th pick, keep Vooch to try to move or that's something true. down the line, but you add a lot of what you need using Mitchell Robinson. That's that that, And then, you know, Mo Bamba's out there too, another player. Again, doesn't get you. That's probably more like... Yeah. 45% of what Rudy Mobamba, Mobamba yeah. best games cracked me up because it's like Mobamba dropped what did he drop? He dropped like 45 in a game Bro. this year. But he like, dropped like he dropped like 38 of it in the first half. And the thing with with with, with him too is like like because you would want to be able to look at him and some people say it like he's a stretch big, but like you do if you watch how it goes, like he'll be like five for six from three-pointer in one game over the next two games, oh for 12. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, with Vooch, right, like, that's kind of what we saw. So yeah. it, it, it's a give and take there. I do like Mitchell Robinson uh, at that position. We probably should have made just a segment on Mitchell Robinson for the second segment. But I do like Mitchell Robinson. The thing that I like about guys like Rudy, Rudy's proven, right? That's the thing about Rudy. Rudy's proven. Yeah. And so I like proven. But I can't be mad at Mitchell Robinson because he shot 76% this year. Get the guy some shots. You know what? We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our break. We're going to come back. We're just going to talk about Mitchell. We're going to audible it. Let's do it. Audible it. Let's do it. We'll finish it. Uh, (laughs) So uh, we're going to get into talking about Mitchell Robinson. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Prize Picks. So are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, and PrizePick also offers safe and fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. 
For a limited time, PrizePix has an exclusive no-burner offer for all of our listeners. Users get $50 free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On listeners. Save, save, Sign up today and use, uh, use the code NBA for $50 free if a player in your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. All right. So Audible has been called. You know what? This, this is why we this is why we the we 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 the realest podcast on locked on, right? Because we just decided to call Audible. We had a different segment planned for the second segment, but you know what? Forget it. We, we, this is this is this is locked on bulls. This is what we do. Uh so let's talk about Mitchell Robinson. We talked about Rudy Gobert in depth. You kind of you, you ended the first segment on it, but uh how do you think Mitchell Robinson would fit on this team? We can and you can frame it in versus a Rudy Gobert, just in the player that he is. Because uh, if Mitchell Robinson does come here, I don't think it's to be the starter. I think it is to come off the bench, which the Bulls would have to do, probably do some convincing and probably guarantee him about 28 to 30 minutes a game off the bench yeah. still. Um, but what do you think about Mitchell Robinson possibly coming to Chicago? I got the same argument. Okay. Get him some shots. Um, yeah. Now, a little bit different with a Mitchell Robinson, um, but a, another guy who didn't attempt 10 shots a game very often. When he did, he gave you good production and he shoots the ball very well. In fact, I think he only attempted more than 10 shots three times this season. Uh, wow. When he did that, he scored uh, 19 and 11 with uh, three blocks in that game. Uh, what do we got here? We got 15 and 12, no blocks in that one. And then uh, this one here, he had... 19 and 10 with three blocks in that game. Get them some more shots. Find a way. I'm not asking. Like, I understand where the NBA is. Mm. But what's the point of basketball? <laughs> ball goes in bucket. You have guys on the floor that are putting the ball in the bucket, whether it's in the paint or not. At a 70, am I, 76 percent rate he averaged 4.8 shots a game he made three of his four mm. you've got to find a way to get these guys involved and i think that the bulls have one of the few teams that can right like listen we look at milwaukee and milwaukee yes they've got these stretch bigs but there's also a ton of pick and roll with these guys running action off of drew holiday yes they can stretch the floor that's a difference but if you're able to run that action off of drew holiday and get to the bucket guess what now you're seeing dunks all day and mitchell robinson and rudy gobert both guys that can go up and get it you're telling me pick and roll wouldn't be exciting as heck with those guys coming down even if it's io running it uh, running the point i mean yeah. i I feel like, listen, I get it's a three-point shooting league, but who cares how you put up 50 if you can put up 50? <laughs> now, Mitchell Robinson, I haven't seen have a game like that, but it, it, it's the principle of how efficiently he's scoring and on how few shots. He scores well, eight points too, a game on three shots. <laughs> and he and he's a better offensive rebounder than Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's not a horrible offensive rebounder either. But yeah. the thing with Mitchell Robinson also is looking at his rebounding rate, and considering he's been playing next to Julius Randle, who was also, you know, even though he had a down season, getting a lot of those rebounds as well, it makes me question, like, how how many more rebounds would Mitchell Robinson be given if he was the only rebounder like Rudy Gobert is out there sometimes? Um, but again, I don't think he'll have – I'm not saying at all he's the same – he's going to have the same impact as a, as a Rudy Gobert, but I think he brings enough of what Rudy Gobert would um, that, that you can make sense there. Mitchell Robinson, listen here, he's one of those players – and. 
he he has that type of defense. What do you think? Mitch Robinson can switch and stay with twos for a little while. I wouldn't say ones, but he can switch on the twos for for and stay with them for to at least let your defense kind of read because Vooch gets switched on the two. You got one point five seconds cool. before they're at the rim. Mitchell Robinson can stay with them a little bit longer, yeah. le- allow that defense to reset. What do you think? Yeah, no, Mitchell Robinson can move better. Um, he's he's a more he's he's an athlete. You know what I'm saying? He, he's he's huge, but he's still an athlete. Seven feet tall. I think he's got a seven four wingspan. Um, but he he moves his feet well, moves moves his body well, able to get in front of. He does a good job at cutting off the lane really quick, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the things that I do love about him. I I think my biggest concern with Mitchell Robinson is not the kind of player he is or how he would fit here, but he finally broke the starting lineup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not to say that he's going to go back to the Knicks. I think that's an awful situation for you. But he finally broke the starting lineup, and he's playing t- – what's he averaging 25 minutes a game but by the end of the season he really was playing more like 30 28 to 30 minutes a game you know what i'm saying playing up there is he gonna want to just go back to being the the bench guy that i mean coming off of the bench he's not going to be able to utilize his skill set the same you're not going to be are you going to be able to play him 30 minutes but the thing is is that if you look at his stats they really didn't change for him coming off the bench. Like they really didn't. Now that was a much worse team as well. Yeah. But they're they're close. Like he got he averaged actually more blocks coming off the bench. Yeah. His rebounding rate was about the same. The number of rebounds weren't uh, you know, so that that's that's the difference there. But almost everything else is nearly identical. So I think that and even then he was getting, yeah, 20, 23 minutes another season. So mm-hmm. if you can get him 25, 28 minutes per game, I think. And the thing is, is that do you think that Mitchell Robinson can play next to Vooch better in some stretches than what we saw from Tristan Thompson? If that answer yeah. is yes, yeah. then you can get him those minutes without an issue. Well, I think the question comes in, right, because Mitchell Robinson's the kind of player where the situation, I think, would dictate it more mm-hmm. because if you're down big, I guess it'd be the same with Rudy too, right? Like if you're down big, can he give you that production that's going to be able to keep him on the floor? Is he going to be able to give you that defense? Uh, 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 well, we know he'll give you the defense. I think he's probably a better perimeter defender, but even with that, right? Like it, you're going to go to shooters at some point. You're gonna have to go to to more shooters on the floor, and maybe that's the maybe that's the best argument to not have Rudy Gobert forty million, right? Like, yeah. if we're down big, we got to go to shooters. If I'm paying you forty million, I can't go to shooters because you got to be on the floor. So maybe that's your best argument for Rudy Gobert to to not bring him in. I mean, but I just I I wonder if Mitchell Robinson is going to want to be in a position on a team like that, right? Like, kind of he's coming in on the Stephen Adams role. Yeah. Steven Adams started all year until they couldn't use him in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and but and the thing is, and this is just to throw out there, I agree with you, right? If you can get him to if you can get him to accept the bench role, that is half the battle right That's there. That's it. And and you know, being on the bench and being one of the players that you're trying to prove that you that you that you're better and that you should probably be on a better contract is a lot different than saying, hey, come play on the bench for a surefire playoff team. Oh, by the way, you're gonna be getting paid $10 million a year versus 1.4. Now, here's the question that's really out there. If mm-hmm. Patrick Williams takes a step like mm-hmm. we think that he will, 
is that the situation where you allow Vooch to walk, you allow Marco to develop whatever big you you possibly draft or trade or trade to pick for whatever uh, comes in and you let that happen and you don't re-sign Vooch because you have a Mitchell Robinson that you know can come in and give you 25 to 30 minutes and be effective? I think both have to happen. I think Patrick Williams has to take that leap that we're expecting and hoping he's going to take, and Marco has to prove he's ready to go. I think both both those things happen yeah. by the end of this season. Then unless Vooch is going to accept a $3 million deal to come back and play for the Chicago Bulls, Vooch's time is all but up. So then we're talking about trading him probably. Probably by the Halfway deadline, through yeah. the season. Yeah. We're probably you, talking you about You got to look at it. Halfway through the season, let's say we do sign Mitchell Robinson. Patrick Williams comes on. We're using more as a facilitator. A lot of ifs here, things like that. Huh? A lot of ifs here, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a lot of ifs. And Marco Simonovich has shown that he's ready to get NBA minutes. I don't, it, I'm not saying for sure that it happens, but I am saying that they're definitely listening and fielding offers at that point. Yeah, I would think so because you're going to lose them for nothing if not. Exactly. So I I think at that point you're talking about trading. If you feel like Mitchell Robinson is that starting level player, but then I mean, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be mad at him starting. I don't know, man. That, now, see, that goes back to then my argument with Rudy as far as the floor spacing and things like that. So, <laughs> well, in that situation, right? Like, like we said, if you trade Vooch, you're talking about um, P. Will's playing, so he's probably able to space the floor in that situation. You know, like I say on the breeze, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. Hey, uh, before we get into telling you about Built Bar and we break down Tari Eason, uh, we do have an important favor to ask you guys. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. Here's your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOn.com forward slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards uh, to take uh, to take our audience survey. Go to lockedonpodcast.com forward slash survey. We appreciate you very much for the help. We also have to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar's been killing the game, bro. If you haven't tried the puffs, you're missing out. But they've got something completely different out here now, my boy. What are they doing to us? It's all healthy, by the way. Caramel brownie. We're doing a built bar caramel brownie. Don't you love chewy, chocolatey brownies? Uh, what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirl on top? Bam. It sounds like it's gonna make you fat, but here's the thing. If what if I told you that all that chewy deliciousness is 17 grams of protein? Forget about dessert, these are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie bars in a heartbeat. The best part, caramel brownie bars, y'all know what I'm going to say, covered in 100% real chocolate. So it's caramel, it's chocolate, it's drizzle, it's... All right, I'm hungry now. Uh, like for real though, uh, with Built Bar, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. So here's what I need y'all to do. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. There you guys have it. Next up, we're going to be finishing, or not finishing, we're going to be completing a draft profile on Tari Eason. This is... This is a player that I have high hopes for, brother. Like, I, if he were to fall to the Chicago Bulls, him and EJ Liddell both on the board, brother, what are you thinking, man? 
because I think right now, me and you both, EJ Liddell, Walker Kessler, both probably one and two, maybe maybe flip. I think Walker Kessler may be one for you, maybe EJ Liddell second, words words flip-flop for me. But let's introduce Tari Eason to this conversation. How do you feel about him? Um, He's a player that I looked at, and I was like, these numbers are very deceiving. <laughs> uh, because, like, it, the, of course, you know, you go look at the highlight reel. It's him knocking down threes. It's him doing pull up jays in the middle of the court. Then you start to watch more tape, and you're like, "Oh, this is very inconsistent. <laughs> like, this is nowhere near consistent." But he does have some games where he gets hot. He reminds me. See, you've got high hopes. I don't know how high your hopes are. For me, he's Bobby Portis. He's the reason you can trade a Bobby Portis. He's the reason you can trade a Daniel Gafford because the offensive side of him is pure upside for me. There's, I think his, his best part of his game is driving to the bucket. He does an excellent job of kind of using that left shoulder to uh, draw contact while still being able to finish with the right hand. He drives literally only right. He's the, he's the bizarro uh, Julius Randle. He only goes right. Um, but that left right is quick and he can absolutely blow past you. The thing about Tari Eason for me, um, that that is the steal is strength, jumping ability, um, IQ on passing lanes, and all of that is stuff that can impact you right now this season for the Chicago Bulls. If he's coming off your bench, I feel like he'd be able to make a quick impact defensively. It's the thing he's able to fall back on. I feel like he'd be the perfect backup for Patrick Williams. You're literally losing nothing. By the way, if you go watch his tape, I believe they were playing Cincinnati. I think it was Cincinnati. Maybe not. I don't know if LSU played Cincinnati last year. But when I watched it, uh, some young point guard was driving to the lane full speed, thinking he was about to get an easy, uh, you know, go up. Hey, uh, Tari Eason grabbed the ball with one hand, and that man stopped. <laughs> That's a strong young man, bro. Like, I'm talking about he just was like, and he stopped moving. Don't let the terminology that people say deceive you, though. Kawhi hands don't mean Kawhi Leonard. This is this is very true. This is very true. Uh, you you made the comparison to Bobby Porter's. I'm going more Marcus Morris, but I can okay. see those those Bobby Porter's comparisons. Um, the thing is, is that everything that that Pat talked about with his offensive game is is the sprinkle sugar on top because this kid defensively, yeah, passing wise, this is one thing you didn't. I thought you, you were going to go there as a passer, as a big bro. man, huh? <laughs> I left you with something. Okay, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Passing as a big man, the steals that he's able to get, the, the activity is the thing that that you that you looking at this at this young man. Yeah. He's going to be able to come in and have that 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 one skill, not one skill, but that defensive skill that is going to probably get him on the court. But you can obviously, uh, I I absolutely see over the course of the season, much like I would assume, with the defense may get him a couple of minutes to start the season. But how he gets him and. Tari Eason and Lonzo Ball out in transition together. Watch your head, people. Watch your head. That's all I can say. You know say. what it reminds me of? This is this is going. You're going to hate the comparison, but it's only okay. one play. Tyrus Thomas, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose. Yeah, and, and it, it was more than me. one play. There was a nice little stretch where that was that that worked. Don't yeah. get. Late in that Boston series, too, the greatest first round series of all time. Tyrus Thomas did come on in that series, yeah, and that he was, was he a was lot. In that yeah, yeah, he, he was balling in that series. Couldn't play um, basketball after that. So yeah, yeah, that, he, 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 he he sharply fell off after. That. You know what? You know what? Still do with Tyrus Thomas is one play this series. I'm sorry, I know I'm getting sidetracked. It's third. It's the third side. I brought up Tyrus. It's all yeah. Right. See, you did it. That PTSD kicks in, bro. One play they did it with Tyrus. 
Derrick Rose made a uh, would have made a shot. Tyrus went up for the rebound. Golden and even Derek. Derek. Only time I can ever remember seeing Derek Rose pissed off at a teammate. No, that wasn't Tyrus. I thought that was that James was, Jones. That was Tyrus Thomas. Bro. I gotta go back and look at that. I thought that was James Jones that put that. He may have done there. it too, but no, Tyrus did the same <laughs> thing. And Derek literally put his head, his back of his head, almost touched his, the small of his back because he was yeah. pissed. He was I, pissed. Uh -oh. I, I remember. I remember. I remember my mom being appalled, like, "Oh, Derek Rose curses." <laughs> like. Mama, you from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and the thing is, is that, you know, even in my draft profile, I did of him. I did say, hey, we have some PTSD when it comes to LSU small power forwards. Uh, yeah, I've seen from, I've seen yeah but, um, but the difference is that Tari Eason does have even enough shooting right now to where you can see him hitting, hitting mid-range sh shots down pretty easily, depending on how this, like, uh, 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 DeMar DeRozan, Tari Eason pick and roll? I think it would take him a couple of years to get the shot. Well, to because be consistent it's, with it. It's, it's, but. I, I think it's going to have to switch because mm. it's it's like here. Yeah. He's going to have to get with Lonzo Ball shooting coach for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's what I think it is, right? Like it took Lonzo, what, two years? And he's almost like a three, really. Bench, almost three years. Yeah. I think it's that. But the defense with offensive upside, I think he's worth it at 18. The thing yeah. is, he's still slated to go a little bit higher than us. Just slightly, right? Would slightly. you move up to get him knowing that EJ and Walker probably will still be available? No, because EJ and Walker will still be available. Okay. That's, that's the thing, like, and it depends on what you have to give up, right? If they, They're if, all role players. Yeah, they are. It, but if, if a team says, hey, listen, we'll take... See, that's not because even Kobe, and I know Kobe's value is at an all-time low right now. But okay, let me let me throw it back to you. The Bulls sit there at number 18. Mm -hmm. Tari Eason is still on the board right af after 14 Cleveland Cavaliers. Tari Eason's still on the board. You giving that 18 pick and Kobe to move up? No. That's what I yeah, this is just because because the people on the board and because these guys are all role players to me. Yeah. And the to only, me, if I'm trading Kobe, I'm going to pick up an additional pick because then you can go high potential with another guy. So, I, 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 you know what? I'll say that. Can I get a second back too? There you go. If I, get a, yeah. if I can get a second, maybe. You know what I'm saying? If I move up to 14 and I'm getting a second round pick, although technically I can't because. I would lose the second round. <laughs> no, you can't. Keep in mind, during draft day. Oh, during draft day. After, so yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. And then, so, hey, Cleveland maybe. does have Cleveland does have that 39th pick as well. So you're saying if the if the 14th and 39th for the 18th and Kobe White, you taking that deal? Yes. Okay. Because it actually makes sense for both sides. Because I think Kobe's done here with the Bulls anyway. Um, and I don't know if if AK loves Kai Soto, but that's where Kai Soto is slated to go. 38-39 on some of these mock drafts. So I don't <laughs> I don't know, Doc. The mock draft's been so inconsistent bro, with that mug, bro. Like I said, like I said, when one mock draft that I've been watching very heavily, Blake Wesley, who was he was in the 20s, <laughs> is now number eight. Yeah, Tari wasn't supposed to be nowhere near us. Like Tari was it, supposed to be a, a top twelve pick. Not oh, Tari originally was eleven. He was he was he was top ten on most big boards. Yeah. for the most part of the season. So yeah, him dropping like 
that's the thing. Like, and if that, and that's, you know, play, teams kind of think themselves, like, look at how many teams thought themselves out of Io DeSumo last season. I don't think teams ever paid attention to Io DeSumo. And if that's I the case, that's then that's the even worse. I yeah. don't think teams ever, look because it's Illinois and because, same thing with, with Kofi. No, no, we're not going to go into that again. We're well, not I'm not. I'm not saying like skill wise, talent wise, right? But like, I think if Kofi was playing at LSU and putting up the numbers he was putting up, he would be a high pick. No, no. I, I I'm telling you, it's, Bro, it's literally Kofi could just... be playing for Team Corinthians, coached by Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you right now that man hey. would not be hey. no damn top hey. You telling me Jesus Christ couldn't teach a post move? As a, as a variation okay. of Major League, if you get that, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me Jesus Christ couldn't teach a post move? Uh, <laughs> are we going to get hit with plagiarism on that or something? Is that, a, is that trademarked or something? <laughs> Man, listen. Oh, God. Only here on Locked on Bulls would you ever hear. First of all, the... <laughs> I don't even know what to say just happened, bro. The last two minutes of complete calamity, bro. That's, hey, that's... man. Hey, that's what we do here, brother. We, we 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 having a good time while we're talking about our team. You know what? And I'm glad that we can have a good time while we're talking about our team because there ain't been that many good times in the previous years. Yeah. That's oh, man. So, uh, no, nah, I, I think uh, Atari Eason, I, I agree with you that people are talking them out of. They're talking themselves out of Tari because of the time it's going to take for him to develop an offensive game. And the teams that were talked about, like Cleveland was going to get him uh, in one mock I saw. um, What's OKC's second first-round pick? Don't they got two? Do they? I know they have multiple second-round picks. I think they have a – got the 30th and – what no. Oh, no, no so they, oh, they got the 12th, right? They got they got the second, the 12th, and the 30th. So I know he was supposed to go to them in a in a mock at 12, but all of those guys need offensive guys. Which is why we should send them Kobe White. I'm just, let me, well, let me. I mean, I think they need offensive bigs, right? So they're yeah. probably looking like I could see a Mark Williams going there just because he's pure size and dominance, and you feel like, hey, if he develops one or two moves. Which he already has a few moves. He's gonna he's gonna be even more dominant, and I'm putting that with Josh Giddy and Shea. Yeah, I'm saying like I think the offensive side of things because it's gonna take so I think it'll take three years to develop for him to be a a guy that can maybe get twenty points a game. He's probably gonna be a twelve point a game guy at the NBA level. Yeah, I would think so. I, man, if he's there, if he's there at 14, see, the, the thing is, though, why would Cleveland draft him? They're nothing but bigs. Jared Allen, Evan Maybe Holt. they may go the other way where everybody else is going small. They say, we're going to put the most bigs out hey, there on the court at one time. He play point guard. Karis LeVert's getting traded. We're putting him at the two. <laughs> That's a ridiculous lineup. Darius Garland, Tari Eason, Larry Markin, and Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. There you That's, go. Go out there and figure it out. No reason. Go out there and figure It'll it be out. interesting to see, bro. I don't know. I, I don't know where he's going to fall. But if he's near us, I don't know if I'm – I might take him over EJ. Mm. I don't know if I'll take him over Kessler. I'm probably still taking EJ. EJ's a complete player already. He's probably third. 
EJ's a complete player. He just jumps really high and he's exciting. Right? Yeah. Am I, I mean, yeah, well, in def defense. But yeah, I feel you. But EJ plays really good defense too. Oh, wait, I was talking about EJ. You know, you talking I'm about Carr. I'm saying, I'm saying Tari Eason. Like, he's probably the third out of those three, right? <sighs> the thing is, is how much do you value his defensive switchability? Because that's one thing I didn't talk. We neither one of us is he, Tari can switch on guard one through five. Yes. So it's if you value that ability, then I think you you put him slightly above EJ. But if you value EJ's versatility on defense and offense, then you have him above Tari. Yeah. He's only eight. He's he's P Will. Yeah. He lit like I look at him and I'm like, oh, this is what we hope P Will is, but probably more exciting. <laughs> like, that's what I see with him. But like like it's like you're gonna swap P Will out and then you're gonna put like great value P Will in. Mm. Great value P Will. Wow. Wow. All right, man. All right. Hey, let's get up out of here, bro. Man, go ahead and get up out of here. We done went overtime. People finna be calling us and gonna be like, Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, follow me at every, on everything at Path the Designer. Also, follow us on everything at Locked on Bulls. And you can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H-A-I-Z-E. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go and check on Locked On NBA Big Board. Where it's hosted by Raphael Barlow, uh, also Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tullin. And they give fans an in-depth look at the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. But that is it from us for today. Make sure that you are get in tune with us on every platform that we are on. We thank you guys for tuning in to Locked on Bulls and we out. Peace out. Stay safe out there, man. Peace. Absolutely. Beast, beast. Come on, Chicago. Be safe. Be safe out there, Chicago. <laughs>